0: Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, can you hear me? Perfectly.
0: Oh my God, we got it on the first try. We did it.
1: This is wonderful. <laughs>
0: and the camera position looks good?
1: Uh, it, are you looking straight at the camera or are you going to look at your computer screen? I'm, I'm going to look I'm going to look either
0: at the camera and the computer screen when I need to go to okay. it.
1: Okay. Yeah, the height is perfect. Height is perfect. All right. Background,
0: yeah. nothing in the background?
1: No. Okay. No, it looks like a clean place, Tetley.
0: Thank you, Calvin. All right. You ready? Did you get any sleep? I did. I slept really good. I was surprised.
1: Did you just make that fresh pot of uh espresso there? Because that looks pretty full. Yeah, that's full. That looks like a quad.
0: That yeah, that that that's a quad. <laughs> Dude, we're I, really I,
1: that, we're only
0: gonna, hour and a half. That's what I was gonna tell you last time is I, I should have made a quad.
1: God, this sounds really good, Tim. Does it sound good? Oh yeah. Yeah, so it's pro level, right? <clears throat> it's well with you, it's beyond pro level.
0: Uh did you uh, did you last because you know I kept I, you know for, for 21 months. Um I uh I I hadn't spoken that long.
1: You oh, know? Dude, you're not kidding, man.
0: My yeah. pipes, my, my pipes at the end of it were like rah, rah.
1: so when, doing, I w- when I was narrating books. Oh my god, dude, it was it was I was fried after the first day. Yeah. So,
0: you know, I've done, I've done some exercises since. All right. Are we ready? All right. This is the uh, Tuttle and Klein podcast, official episode one. (laughs) Kevin Klein, I'm telling you, this is exciting. I I never expected the kind of response that we got uh, last week when people were listening to the podcast and watching it.
1: You know, the word overwhelming sounds like it's a negative, but it was overwhelming response. It was amazing.
0: Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, um, you know, is anybody remember? Does anybody remember? Does anybody care anymore? And, you know, that's what I was thinking is, is it going to still be there? And I love it. And Kev, I got to tell you this, you know, we're on a bunch of different platforms, Mm -hmm. but, but I would advise people watching the video platforms, YouTube. And is there anything else that's a video platform?
1: Uh, no, but I mean, on your social media and on our Tuttle and Klein social media, there'll be snippets. There'll be little, uh, little, little, you know. I guess snippets is the best word. Uh, Kev, what, what a wordsmith, huh, Klein?
0: Yeah, <laughs> Kev, what you did though with the video was fantastic. When you're in oh, certain thanks. little pieces, I I would strongly advise if you can is to watch it on YouTube. um, you know, that, that's, you know, got great numbers uh, across the board, Spotify. I mean, we're shocked at the uh, numbers that we got on that first episode, but I would advise watching it because Kevin does a great job weaving photos and clips in
1: to enhance the story. It's fun to do. I really enjoy doing it. And, and, you know, it was one of the elements that we get to enjoy now is the visual aspect of it. So, yeah, I mean, and, and come on, let's be honest. Tell you're a handsome man. I, I don't want it to be about looks though, <laughs> Kev.
0: You know that about me Is I I'm embarrassed about, you know, me being so GD handsome. Yes, I, I want it seem so embarrassed by it. I want it to be about content. Of course. You know, speaking of happened. which speaking of which, and we'll get to this later, Kevin. I need your help with something. Yeah. I've now had had two people tell me I'm I'm relaunching uh my stand-up career, stand-up comedy.
1: Isn't it awesome?
0: I love it. Now, for those unaware, you know, back in 2019, I started doing some open mics in Houston. And it was fun. It was a great time. And then COVID hit and there were no open mics in Houston. So I kind of shut it off. But I'm excited to get it back.
1: I'm excited to do it again. It's such a rush when you get up on that stage. It's scary as I'll get out.
0: It is the scariest thing. Even for somebody who's been on stage and used to being on stage in front of tens of thousands of people, it's more frightening uh when you're trying to get them to laugh every 15 seconds. Yeah. You gotta yeah. make them laugh every 15, 20 tops. But I've had two people in, in the business now uh tell me, hey Tim, you're you um you need uh, you'll never be successful as a stand-up because nobody can, believes in your pain because you know you're this tall, handsome dude. So you need to come out like right out of the box with some self-deprecating stuff, just ripping yourself to shreds. Otherwise, the audience is never gonna feel for you. So that's something that I need your help working on with material. We'll get to some of that later, Cap. <laughs>
1: Brian, you're the king of self-deprecation. Let me let me help you here. Kev you know what it's
0: like being garbage and you're really good at it yes you've embraced the suck line <laughs> dude. how's that for merchandising Kevin Klein embrace the suck I love um, it the, the response we got I mean some of the things that I, I want to throw out I particularly like the smiling faces genuine happiness I look at them as two goofballs high touch of class I don't know about that
1: yeah well that's a lot of credit
0: uh this is what some of us need in our life uh these two gentlemen work in the mic thank you very much that was nice from glenn and then sandy said it was excellent uh hearing tim's voice and kevin's laugh makes the day better looking forward to the next one thank you thank you uh yes and it was awesome love the bond of friendship y'all have together i'm thrilled y'all are collaborating uh on this podcast that was a cool chat about steven tyler
1: i was riveted you know what's funny about this and i was thinking about it the other day um I, it, when we were working together, the joke was always Klein. When we're done, we're done, and don't even think about driving by my house because I'm going to be sitting on the front porch with my shotgun. And if yeah. you come, you know. And now look at us, dude. I know. You can't get rid of me.
0: I know you're. You're like, th- 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 if there's a nuclear bat blast, there's two things that's going to survive: cockroaches and Kevin Klein. And he'll be like knocking on the door
1: saying, "Hey, man, we got to talk." <laughs> I would do it just to annoy you. Yeah. And it would. It would. Hey, um, I, I know this isn't what we planned to do, but you just brought up the cockroach. And I was thinking about this last night. You know, the conversation that we had yesterday and talking about the format, the game plan, merchandise, all that stuff. Um, my wife has been very, very heavily involved in this. And yes. you you gave her a very nice compliment. And I, I said, yeah, she's awesome. And you said, boy, I'd, I'd like to find one of those. And, I, and my response was, well, dude, the reason why your, your relationships are so tough is because there's sex involved with us. There's none. Yes. Let me, let me throw these two examples out for you, Timmy. Okay. <laughs> have Have you and I ever slept together? <laughs> no, never. No, actually we've shared hotel
0: rooms. Right. Incl- including the time at uh, Grumpy's hotel in Flatonia where I woke up and saw a cockroach doing terrible things on top of Kevin Klein.
1: See, that's where I'm going because you and I are still together 28 years later, never had sex. <laughs> and and i got raped by a cockroach in grumpy's and that never worked out Yeah, i've never, never spoken to the cockroach again
0: <laughs> yeah, the cockroach is just like hey thank you yeah I'm exactly done. exactly he yeah. didn't even didn't even send you flowers it was no i know man i was waiting too by the way uh, a lot of people still give me crap for you know letting it happen <laughs> i should have like flicked the cockroach and i'm like ah man let the little guy let the little guy have his moment exactly man you let a dog hump your leg why not a cockroach plus you know that was klein's first time in 15 years too so (laughs) why why would i stop him from having his moment you know (laughs) that's what we're saying (laughs) but but you know anyway response is great um We're excited about it. And, you know, there's the thing that surprised me is multiple people DMing and commenting that they want to buy merchandise. And the logo is pretty cool. I got to admit, the logo's cool. Uh, Your wife did a great job uh, punching that up from when we had it 20, 25 years ago, or whatever it was. And I can't wait to see that thing on ball caps and hoodies and. And all that, and some T-shirts, and we're going to get that out as soon as we possibly can, make those that available to you. And we're not going to sell crap. That's going to be our th- kev. N- I have a no crap policy in regards to
1: merchandise. God, brother, I agree with you one thousand percent, man. Yeah, I don't want like i I don't want anybody to slap a logo on a Haynes T-shirt. You know, no. I want quality stuff. I want there's, stuff that I would wear. There's well, jeez, kev. We're not going to sell a
0: three piece suit, Tuttle and <laughs> logo. Okay. <laughs> oh, there's the market. We're not gonna have the uh, the James Bond tuxedo edition for Kevin <laughs> Klein here. Kevin <laughs> Klein's ridiculous in terms of some of the stuff that he wears. He's told me some of the uh, expenses he's had in terms of wardrobe, and I'm like, dude, that's like uh, the first three years of a child's life that you could have uh, paid for right there.
1: Yeah, Wow. Well,
0: and he's, he's like, I have none.
1: <laughs> I don't have any, and I need all the self esteem support I can get. So.
0: Exactly. But yeah, we're going to have good, high-quality stuff uh, available soon. So thank you for the uh, inquiries on that. Um, I got to throw this out, Kev, because this came multiple times. This was not just a once or twice thing. Uh, Via comments and DMs uh, after our podcast episode uh, last week, uh, people are very intrigued by the concept of me helicoptering you again. They they really enjoyed when I used to do that in studio and love the uh, video of it.
1: Yeah, well, if you're not familiar with the helicopter, um, if I get particularly snarky with Tim um, or annoy him too much, he will pick me up over his shoulder and he has no issues with vertigo or anything. So he'll just spin me around as fast as he can. I have vertigo. I get yeah. dizzy. I will pass out and fall down. Yeah, our yeah. former engineer, Andy Hudak, said, That's a great episode, but we need more helicopter. And then Lacey Baker says, So where's the helicopter?
0: Why are yeah. people. Yeah. I had five people DM me directly and say, Please helicopter Kevin Klein. I say, That's a little hard because we're not in the same room, but you know. We'll work on that. With today's technology and AI, it may be able to be be done.
1: Right? Yeah. I, I don't know why people appreciate that pain of mind so much, but, you know, hey, got to give the audience what they want, I guess, right? For those
0: unaware, too,
1: Kevin Quine
0: was really bothered by it. By about the third or fourth time, he went to the doctor and got a doctor's note that he showed me uh, like right before I was going to helicopter again, saying that he cannot no longer be helicopter because he suffers from vertigo.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, well, do you remember when we did the, uh, the bat thing over at Birmingham Barons Park and I yes. fell into the dugout head first? Oh my God. Hey, Kevin Klein almost took out who was the, the, uh, pitcher
0: for the Birmingham Barons that ended up being a monster, uh, years later, uh, Carrie I-
1: Wood. Was it, was it Carrie Wood? Uh, God, I can't remember his name, but I remember. Yeah. He made it to the show big time. He, he made it to the show. Kevin Klein almost ended his career by hmm.
0: doing a, 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 helmet first into his, uh, throwing elbow. Yeah. He, he, he tumbled so hard into the dugout. That was so funny, buddy.
1: Oh, I know it was. Yeah. Not for you. <laughs> yeah. Not for him. Not for me. Uh, Anyway, when he handed
0: me that note, I don't know if you remember it or not. I dropped it to the ground and immediately did my best impression of uh, the manager from Major League. When he saw Bill Doran's contract, I urinated on that. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Had to do it, Kev. I know.
1: I I know. I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe I won't be driving by your house anytime soon. (laughs) No, no. You just stay where you are, cockroach. Yeah. You just stay where
0: you are. Uh, Another thing, we got some um, uh, DMs. Saying that uh, if Timmy Tuttle, we talked about this, if Timmy Tuttle is a head taller and very muscular uh, and in a small town in the state of Texas, he will, quote unquote, have to play football.
1: Yeah, we talked about that last time that, uh, you know, he's I, I saw him again yesterday. How big is he? He's big. That's he comes. Big. He comes up to your chest now.
0: No, he yeah uh, he's a he is a big big kid, and not only that, just very muscular. And Kev, I was I was playing ball with him uh, after we talked yesterday. Uh, he's a lefty, and he can fire the baseball too. Wow! And that may be it. For, for those that are unaware, his mom does not want him to play football. Um, I guess being a left-handed pitcher would divert him from that. But the reason she doesn't want him is, you know, his brother Ricky uh, played some football, got his bell rung pretty bad
1: yeah but he's bigger than ricky already
0: well see that that's the whole point um whole ricky point. ricky ricky took after ben okay ben uh his his grandfather uh shorter guys in stature but they both have that same swag where they can walk into any room and they'll take any woman in the room they have that whole confidence swag thing
1: yeah they call that the we- big c charisma oh.
0: Hey, big C charisma. They both have that. And they have that same gate and that same walk. As a matter of fact, Kevin, I was thinking about this because sometimes I just get caught like with stuff in my head. I was thinking the only way that, that this world could be saved because it is, let's face it, it's taking a dump right now.
1: Oh, no kidding. Um,
0: is if we had Steven Gertzen, the guy from East Bernard that was my neighbor, the most righteous, coolest dude in history, benevolent, always do the right thing. If he was the president of the United States for like 10 years, we got to make him the president of the United States.
1: Okay. Change the constitution, make Stephen Gertz in 10 years. Yeah.
0: 10 years. And, and he would do the righteous thing and undo that constitution thing after his 10 years. Cause that's how he is. He's like, Hey, we got world peace now. Kumbaya. Everything's cool. I'm going to back out and go rice farm in uh, East Bernard. That's, that's right. That's what he does. And then we would have uh, Ben Benitez, you know, the guy with the swag, he would be the secretary of state. Okay. And he would he would walk into any room with any world leader doesn't matter who it is Kim Jong Un Putin whatever and he would just say hey this is how it's going to be if you don't like it I'm going to get the Chicano army on you you know he <laughs> has that swag which, which uh, of course you know getting back to it which is great for day to day but it's not for football you got to be big in football and Timmy's not going to get hurt Timmy will do the hurting
1: but will he because he's so kind hearted i see that that that's, that's the, the dichotomy is, right there man here here's the thing is he'll wanna be every
0: everybody's friend on the other team you know he'll be like hey i would let's be friends you know get yeah. try to get some laughs but as soon as somebody busts him then it's like hulk he'll turn into the hulk he's oh, got nice. that he's got that gear and uh he doesn't exactly turn green uh, i suppose we can get him to turn whatever uh colors his school colors is there you go yeah <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then just go crazy on you like a, a Jefferson type way in Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
1: Oh, yeah. Played by uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do remember that. So, My aunt's in that movie.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. For those unaware, Kevin Klein is aunt. Uh, Kevin Klein's aunt is Phoebe Cates. Yeah. For, the, uh, for those unaware of who Phoebe Cates is, if you ever saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Kevin's aunt is the uh, red bikini girl. That's right. Who popped the top
1: doesn't anybody knock anymore
0: (laughs) yeah doesn't anybody knock anymore and kev i I have to ask you a question sure please before she became your aunt you watched that movie
1: i yeah many times big fan of spicoli did you ever please yourself to your aunt i did not i did not i've never uh i've never really participated in that activity well, you're one of the very few Generation X males that did not. Oh, believe me, I've already, I, I've said that numerous times. I'm like uh, half of the population, which every male that's seen that movie, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. But I don't uh, know I, if that, I don't know if that was her or a body double. I don't mm-hmm. know. That was that her, was huh? her. No, that was great. her. Awesome. She had
0: she the the story behind the scenes is she had to have the entire set cleared to do it. So it was basically just the cameraman. And, you know, whoever was in the scene, Jennifer Jason Lee uh, was in the scene and Damone, whoever played Damone. And that was it. It was just those people. Otherwise, she wouldn't do it. She was so nervous and freaked out about it.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't have that chest and I'm still nervous about going shirtless.
0: But I'm Kev, I'm surprised you never got into the behind the scenes filming at at maybe a Thanksgiving, a family Thanksgiving or gathering or something like that, that you you didn't talk to her.
1: I've never hung out with her.
0: No, never have. so she's heard about her nephew Kevin.
1: <laughs> Actually, she has. Uh, really? Do you, yeah. Do you remember our former co-host Kelly Hunter in uh, Birmingham? Yeah. Kelly and her then fiance were on a cruise, and Phoebe was on there, and Kelly was laying out uh, on the by the pool next to Phoebe, and struck up a conversation, and yeah, Phoebe knew about uh, Phoebe knew about the radio career. Are you kidding me? Not at all, sir.
0: Because we never got any acknowledgement. For those un- unaware, the reason why he his it's his aunt Katie is his uncle is the actor Kevin Kline. Big Chill, Wild West. I could still kill him and want my money back for that one.
1: He won uh, an Oscar for uh, Fish Called Wanda.
0: Fish Called Wanda. I mean, brilliant actor. He he he, he was uh was it. Where was he present? Dave? Was that Dave?
1: Yep, that was Dave. He was I love that movie. He was also in Grand Canyon. I, I looked mm-hmm. at that last night with Steve Martin and, uh, yeah, I can't believe he acted with Steve Martin.
0: Brilliant Juilliard and, uh, you know, um, Shakespearean actor. Yeah. And you've never even talked to him,
1: really, have you? I've talked to him once, uh, well, I've talked to him three times, uh, twice on the phone. Uh, the first time was when I was in sixth, sixth grade and he came out with Sophie's Choice with Meryl Streep. And then uh talked to him in person at my grandfather's funeral.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's it. You know why? Uh um, Beca- because you were starting to really do something with the exact same name, and he yeah. didn't like it. He oh. did not like that. <laughs>
1: of course.
0: <laughs> He's uh, this this Kevin nephew of mine, who's also Kevin Klein, same name as me, which you know I have trademarked because I was doing like the big chill. And stuff like that before, you know, while he was wiping diaper poop on his face, now wants to use my name and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, take take over the whole situation. He's probably upset about that.
1: That's the thing, Tim. You and I both have uh, pages on IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, and I have to be listed as Kevin Christopher Klein because if you do Kevin Klein, he's taken.
0: Please do not look uh, us up on IMDb.com. That picture of me right there uh, coming out of the uh, water park pool.
1: That's awesome. Where-
0: Whoever put that up and won't take it down, I will find you someday. I'm I I don't want to be the uh, vengeful type, but I don't not like that. My I have kids. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's funny. That's a good yeah. picture.
0: I have I have children. Please, um, Kevin. Another thing we got from the last uh, episode that we cut, uh, we got a bunch of uh, direct messages. Um, we were talking about Taylor,
1: uh, mm-hmm.
0: Taylor Swift. Um, and our long term, you know, relation relationship and friendship with her since she was 16 years old when she first came on the scene. And people want us to advise uh, Taylor to dump Travis. They're concerned about that side uh, sideline tirade that he had with Andy Reid last uh, last week. Oh yeah, uh, he bumped him. Yeah, bumped him and just got in his face and was chirping and everything like that. Uh, first of all. That's not necessarily a bad thing. That shows passion. Mm-hmm. You know, that shows that you uh, uh, want to win the game. Um, again, uh, a lot of this is coming from people who don't really know ball and know the game and everything like that. I want my players as a coach to have that kind of passion. I want them. And if he bumps into me, I don't care. I w- I'll send. Them. See what what Andy Reid should have done. Even though the team was on defense, I would send him right out there and go 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 hit somebody. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, what, you, you know what Andy said? Andy said it took him by surprise and he was off balance. He said, normally, and uh, apparently this happens not often, but sometimes in practice, he said, normally I'll see him coming and I'll give it right back to him. So, I mean, they have that kind of relationship.
0: Yeah. See, you don't know about the relationship. You don't know what's going on. And obviously, there's no major problem because they won yet another Super Bowl. Yep. And, and in terms of Taylor, I, I think uh, Travis... Um, he probably knows his place. I would imagine that, that he's the bottom (laughs) in that whole thing.
1: Most recognizable global star. Yeah, for sure.
0: However, it does uh, bring up the question. Does Taylor Swift, Kevin, maybe have some songs already partially written about the breakup after the fact. I mean, has she at least spitballed anything or anything like that? I mean, what what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think she's constantly writing. As a matter of fact, she's got a new album coming out soon and she's been sitting on it for 2 years. So, yeah, I think she's always writing. And you know, her modus operandi is relationships that yeah. have gone south. Yeah.
0: Um, and it just makes you want to spitball possible uh song titles. That she may have in regards to her relationship with Travis Kelsey. You do have do some? you have? Do you have anything? I got well, one. I have. I have I, one. I think it's just golden. And I'm actually going to send it to her. I think
1: she should use it. Well, I, I mean, just off the top of my head, it's stupid. There's nothing funny about it. But I mean, she always. She's like the the master of two and three word titles, and they're always cryptic in 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 message. So, power couple. Power couple? Power. P O W E R. And here's why I say that, okay? Because power they are couple. They are a power couple. Okay. Yes. But his favorite thing to say when he describes something is it's electric. Oh, that's electric. And so if she goes with power couple, you know, that could be the cryptic message that I know it's really stupid. It's not funny at all.
0: No, 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 no. But you got you got me thinking. See, this is why there's no bad ideas in a brainstorm.
1: Except, except yours, Klein. Except some of yours, Kat.
0: Uh <laughs> This actually gets you thinking just a little bit, you know, it's like, because another thing he's known for is uh Beastie Boys fight for your right to party. Yeah. And she could probably grab on to that concept. Um, Fight for your right to get a restraining order. <laughs> just spitballing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you <laughs> yeah. want to go. I, I yeah. hope that would never come to that, but. No, no.
0: Uh, do you have anything else? Any any others you wanted to throw out?
1: Uh well, I mean, this one's equally lame. Um I'll see you later.
0: That's not lame. That's not lame, Kevin. Oh, really? I, by the way, if you're the, the camera, I'm right here. If you see me looking that way, that's where Kevin's face is. Yeah. So I apologize if I have a left-lean tendency when we do this podcast, because you know, Kevin's over here to me. So I'll do what I can to try to, you know balance it out um but just a heads up that that kev that was brilliant Kelsey you later no that's that's what I'm, that's what we're looking for okay all right but but to me kev she has to use this one and I will reach out to her I'll reach out to her people I'll even tell uh the Kelseys about it um you know Travis and uh and Jason
1: and Don. Donna and Ed
0: yeah uh the time I had to 86 87.
1: Oh, a play on his number. Yes. Nice. He always taking a bow. He's taking a bow. Come on. Was that good or what? The time I had to 86, 87. Nice.
0: Thank you for those. Uh, hey, I mean, hey, Does anybody not know what 86 is though? That's the question.
1: That means you, uh, you get rid of it. You, you, you toss it to the side. Yeah, when you 86
0: the... something, you get rid of it.
1: Yeah. You end it. So, uh, how what? Hey, how would that sound back-selling that on a top 40 radio station?
0: 107.7 The Vibe. No, actually, hold on. 107.7 The Vibe. No, let me let me do it like Al Farb Hey, it's 107.7 The Vibe. Let me tell you what, that's Taylor Swift right there with her brand spanking new one. That time I had the 86.87 on The Vibe. <laughs>
1: uh farby our uh, former producer who's now a uh, pretty big wig uh, up in uh, up in dallas we I don't hold that farby. against him though
0: i love farby him and i have uh back and forth he's a great guy oh cool tell him i said hi but what we're doing uh what it was it was great the first time we had him on there air you know he was, he was our producer the first time he had him on air you know kevin and i we just talk in our own normal voices yeah back and forth And we would have a conversation behind the scenes, a normal one with Al Farb. And we'd say, well, come on the mic. Let's talk about that. And uh, I'd be like, well, Al, you know, tell us what you think about the Houston Livestock show and rodeos uh, lineup this year. Well, Tim, let me tell you this. The lineup (laughs) looks fantastic. Looks like it's going to be great. I'll tell you what, George Strait going to cap the thing. It's like, what, what are you doing, man? Kevin, we would stop the show. Yeah. And we'd say, "What are you doing, man? What's that voice? It's going. What, what, what voice are you talking about there, Tim? <laughs> Nobody talks like that. Nobody talks like that. We were doing. We're not doing the you know the '80s puking thing. We're doing. And I, I've actually listened to him. He's you've been on the air uh, in Dallas, and it's a more normal. So he took our advice.
1: Well, you know, and that's what happens as you evolve in your career. You you get become yourself, especially in radio. You know, and yeah. You think you've got to have this announcer voice and then you realize, no, people like real.
0: No, Ke- Kevin, let me tell you, it's so funny how far you evolve. Cause I was thinking about those first days <laughs> that we were on the air back um, in June of, uh, of 1996. I remember you stopping after like a first segment, maybe second or third show. And you go, Tunnel, what are you doing, man? Um, I'm, I'm writing down what I'm going to say uh, on the next segment. And you like looked at it. You looked over. He goes, "Is that word for word?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm writing down word for word what I'm gonna say." He's like, "Dude, you can't, we're not reading, man. Yeah, we're we're talking." And I was like, "Gosh, I, I just think of how silly and goofy and stupid
1: uh, I was those first few weeks." You oh, because know, you thank because you Kevin, you want to do such a great job, you know, and, and you want people to like you out of the box, and you don't want to, you don't think mess ups are acceptable, but mess ups are real, man. They're they're part of life, and so. If you're going to be real on the air,
0: it's okay to mess up. All I could think about is, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of people are listening. And if I say (laughs) something or do something stupid, it's over before it even starts. And I just wanted to have everything like down. Yeah, that's the mindset. And that's silly. There's only one person that can read a script, sound natural, and still be phenomenal. And that's George Carlin. George (laughs) Carlin... He's, he scripted word for word all of his uh stand-up comedy. It was word for word. it was a it was a it was a monologue um nobody else could do that. And it's amazing how good he was at it. but you know he was a phenomenal writer and he knew how to like make that sound completely natural. Outside of that, anybody else you almost completely know
1: that they're reading if they are reading, you know, am I right? Absolutely. And you bring up Carlin, this is something that I wanted to ask you about, and I didn't think we were going to have an opportunity to do this this week. Um, Carlin was a master wordsmith, and most of his comedy was about the stupidity of the English language. When did, um and, and this harkens back to the parade for the Kansas City Chiefs, where there was a shooting, a mass shooting, when did people start referring to suspects as bad actors? When did that become a thing?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think they want to define them as bad actors until they can figure out who they are and what their motive was and everything like that, um, so that they can you know have their narrative. Like if it's a, you know you, you notice that if it's the wrong narrative uh, for what mainstream media propagandists want to get out there, they will completely change it or they'll they'll bury the story. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So but- I
0: think. I think they alter the language until they can get the details on, you know, hey, can we use this, you know, to go after the guns? And can we do this to, uh, you know, know, shake down the Constitution and everything like that? Or are these one of our people who are totalitarian fascists uh, that don't care one bit about people's freedoms?
1: But a bad actor, an actor is somebody who pretends. These people weren't pretending. They actually did shoot. Okay. Okay. And a bad actor, that's Tom Green, Paulie Shore. These people are not bad actors. I hate okay. that term.
0: Yeah, I love that because, you know, there I, I use that as like a political pop. And you're like, I'm just talking about language here, Tim. <laughs> I, I just, I want to, you know, we're using words
1: here, Tim. Sorry about that. That's why, that's why this works, because he's got his set of beliefs. I've got my questions. And sometimes they meld, and sometimes they sometimes don't. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> yeah
0: we were off kilter on that one yeah. no worries but, man yeah i and speak okay since we went there I, I i was gonna wait a little uh till a little bit later in the podcast uh to do this but i'm gonna release um uh, the, the top five remember the top five you had oh yeah and and i kind of like that um but i think you know it should be top three because we're idiots and we can only really think of three
1: that's a good call that's a real good call
0: but in today's, um, but in today's, I'm gonna do top four because I want to build a Mount Rushmore.
1: Oh, okay, all right.
0: Uh, but real quick, uh, let's go back. Uh, last week, uh, Kevin Klein launched this whole thing. You know, top five football movies of all time, and you're completely right, Kev. Even us, who you know, are pretty good and have a nice uh, history with football movies, we left some of them out. Well, there's quite a few. So yeah, yeah.
1: Namely, kids,
0: which ones my kids got on me for blindside um, there, there, there was some, uh, you know, blindside with uh, Michael or mm-hmm. and got, they also got on me on, we are Marshall where the Marshall um, university airplane went down back in the seventies. Matthew McConaughey was the coach. That yeah. was another really good one that we didn't even mention. And I have, uh, I have top five list remorse <laughs> for that a lot.
1: <laughs> well, but you just assuaged it. Yeah, I know.
0: I know, and I'm sure that when we do this one right here, that there's going to be a ton of people going. Wait a minute, you guys weren't even close. What about blah blah and blah blah?
1: See, I'm so, nervous because I don't know what the topic is.
0: I know it, you've now you know how I felt last I know. week, and then all the people that you've dropped this on during your podcast run over the years.
1: <laughs> yeah, well,
0: well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do it's gonna be a top four because we're gonna build a Mount Rushmore. Okay. And I'm actually going to call it Mount Crushmore. Okay. The uh, top four stand-up comics of all time. Oh, wow. And and since we mentioned Carlin, Kev, I got to put him somewhere. I, he may not be the, in the George Washington position mm-hmm. on Mount Crushmore, but I at least have him maybe third.
1: I think he goes up there for sure. Uh, I think that people would be appalled if we didn't put Richard Pryor up there i have him there too okay okay
0: let's break and let's break these down because you got to keep in mind we have we have millennials and we have uh, uh, gen z uh george carlin uh his hbo specials well actually a lot of kids know george carlin because he was the narrator for thomas the tank engine Yeah. yeah 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 he was so they know him from that but you know Yes, that was all great with Thomas the uh, Tank Engine, but you're you're looking at one of the most brilliant uh, comedians ever, social commentary. His HBO specials are some of the most phenomenal stand-up uh, uh, acts in history. And and the time you and I talked to him, we talked to him about like a year or two before his death, mm-hmm. about, about 20 years ago or whatever it was, Kev, and that was a highlight of our career. We could not believe... We were talking to George Carlin, and during the chat with George Carlin, he was testing material on us that he had just wrote. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, we were we were shocked. I And I was like, this is the coolest thing. And then I we heard it on his last special he ever did before passing away, the stuff that he was running past us. And I thought, man, that is just one of the coolest things ever.
1: It was awesome. I and mean, don't forget, he uh, was also Rufus in uh, the Bill and Ted's movies
0: exactly rufus in the bill and ted's uh movies he was the tour guide yeah before keanu reeves and then whoever the alan other wild
1: alan wilder from st louis
0: yeah oh was he the, the guy yeah. who played uh, uh ted yeah okay and, and kev you know i've and i've i've told you this before that was a, a favorite movie of mine and yours
1: mm-hmm. love it
0: bill, bill and ted's excellent adventure when it came out were you like me and you thought you know Alan is going to be the bigger star here. I totally did. I did. I thought the guy who played uh, Ted was going to be the bigger star. And lo and behold, the other guy, Keanu Reeves, he turned out to be a little something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty good. He's got quite a career. Quite a career.
0: <laughs> I mean, the Ma- can you imagine you got, you have the matrix series and you have the John wick series, yeah. uh, two two franchises, that made him billions of dollars, yet he doesn't keep it because he's also the most generous guy in Hollywood.
1: Dude, uh, a friend of mine, I I did an interview with her. She's a stunt woman in Hollywood. And I asked her, you know how quarterbacks will give their offensive line Christmas presents? I asked yeah. her, does your, does your star that you're doubling for give you? And she says, well, I wish I worked with Keanu Reeves. He gives out cars and motorcycles to his yeah. stunt doubles.
0: I think a story, and you can uh, double check this, is he made, he got like a $29 million bonus or something like that, you know, just as part of his points for the Matrix. And he literally went to the uh, entire staff, you know, the that, that that shot that, the behind the scenes guys, the key grips, the uh, this, that, and the other. And they split that money, $29 million. Yeah. So like each of them got hundreds of thousands of dollars.
1: Yeah. Well, and don't forget, he also gives most of his money to his sister, who is, uh, I don't know what disease she has, but he takes care of her.
0: Yeah. Great guy. He's he's been so generous with it that if he ever, like, ran out of money, he'd be fine because everybody would be like, we'll take care (laughs) of you. Yeah. You have made the karmic deposit, Keanu Reeves. Um, Okay, back to our Mount Crushmore.
1: Right. So we've Um, got two up there.
0: Yeah, we got, you got to have prior. Kev, I, I have to... I have to put Eddie Murphy on mine. Absolutely. Eddie Murphy, if you have never seen his specials Raw and Delirious, they are one hour of bang, 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 bang of a guy who not only has one lines, perfect one lines, but does imitations um, so well. I mean, he probably is the most talented in terms of what he can do and bring to the table of any comedian in history. He's so versatile. He can do so much. And, you know, he's been talking uh, in the past few years, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, comedians in cars getting coffee or whatever it is, that he is eventually going to work on another set. You know, he's going to go do the uh, open mics and he's going to go do the uh, stuff at uh, some of the uh, the, comedy cellar and the stores, uh, the comedy store in, in Los Angeles and build another hour. That'll be the great. I mean, that will be the greatest thing ever him him doing a special on like netflix or something like that will it not
1: it would be amazing because he's been away from it for so long and yeah you're talking about raw and delirious me, two of the best hour-long stand-up comedy specials ever and if you want to find out how much of an impact eddie murphy had on the comedy scene listen to chris rock talk about eddie murphy
0: and chris rock is you know, he belongs i don't have him on my mount Crushmore,
1: but i, don't I have either. him
0: as an honorable mention.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He would he'd be up there on an honorable mention for sure.
0: Yeah, but you know, Eddie. I got some ice cream. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I got some ice, and he would do the dance. I got some ice cream, just like he would do as a kid. Yeah. I oh, mean, exactly. It, it, was, it was such a good a good piece of uh, of comedy and, and I, I still once every few few years, Kev, just like I do with the movie Scarface, I will watch Delirious and I will watch Raw because that is
1: how you do it, and it's. Going back and watching it after so many years, it's like, oh my god, I forgot that joke. I forgot that joke. Yeah, it, it, it is chock full.
0: And how much of it is still relevant today? Absolutely. Now you know some of the the the, the uh, stuff that he did can be considered homophobic or whatever. You know, but you got to remember this is the '80s, and he's gone on record saying he doesn't watch it because of that. He was over right. the top on some of that stuff. He doesn't even watch his own stuff because he's like, yeah, man, I went too far with that. Mm-hmm. So just just a warning and I doubt there's any hypersensitive people right here that can't handle words. Um, you know, you're cause you're more, more likely than not, you're not part of our audience, but just a heads up. If you do look through that, it was the eighties. It was a different time and that's how they were doing comedy. Okay. Back to the uh, Mount crush more Who is your fourth?
1: Well, just my all-time favorite of, of ever norm MacDonald Norm MacDonald. I mean I, in the in the pantheon of great comedians I don't know if people would I mean comedians think he was the greatest of all time but as fans he was pretty polarizing because he never really left that 80s kind of stuff you know Yeah. Yeah. But I I love Norm. I cried Norm, when he died.
0: Norm Mcda I did too. I got sad when he died. I didn't know he was sick.
1: Nobody did. He and, never and told he, anybody.
0: And he um when he was in studio with us, remember that one time, I mean, you and I were like glowing in the dark, dude. I couldn't believe it. I could. And and, you know, we were, we were doing his, remember we were doing his act to him. Yeah. Okay. First off, Norm Macdonald, he comes in with whoever was uh, the middle and the headliner uh, at the improv that evening with him. Okay. He's high. He had smoked some pot (laughs) because that's what comedians do. when they wake up in the morning, they do the quote unquote, wake and bake. Um, but he, Kevin and I were so fanboy. It, it was probably a little bit embarrassing to him because we we're literally like spurting. Like, Kev, remember? Because uh, he was weekend update guy. Probably yeah. the be- best ever weekend up- update guy on Saturday Night Live. And I don't know if you remember this in 95, 1995 after the OJ verdict came out. <laughs> uh, Norm MacDonald started that weekend's weekend update going, this just in. Murder is legal in California. <laughs> and we did that to him and his voice. Murder is legal in California. And he's just, uh, do you think he, we made him uncomfortable?
1: Um, Probably not. Uh, because, I, I mean, how can you get uncomfortable with people just loving everything you do?
0: I, I think, though, when we were recording the interview and you and I did the fist bump to with each other going, we didn't norm <laughs> McDonald's. Right in the middle of it. I think that may have been a bit much. Perhaps. But, I, you know, and we were remembering Arcane stuff, too. I Do you remember when he was on Saturday Night Live and they were doing the whole uh, bit about, you know, like West Side Story? Yes. <laughs> hey,
1: what's for love of dancing?
0: He's, he, you know, it's so funny. <laughs> you know, West Side Story is a, is a musical with dancing and everything like that. And it's about, you know, fighting and rumbling and gang, you know, fighting and everything like that. And, you know, they, they face off against the other st- side and there's Norm ready to their fight and everything like that. And suddenly all the guys that are fighting with him on his side start breaking out into a song and dance number. <laughs> and Norm's just standing there. Guys, what are you doing? We got to <laughs> kick their ass. We have to kick their ass. What are you doing? Remember that?
1: I do remember that. Remember uh, Celebrity Jeopardy when he was yeah. uh, uh, Burr Reynolds. <laughs> Reynolds or Turd Bur- Ferguson? Oh my God! Such great
0: stuff. Yeah, Norm Macdonald it, it was a genius. I, Kev, I, I had him as my fourth on Mount Crushmore until the recent years, last five, six, seven years, emergence of Bill Burr.
1: Oh. I did not like Bill Burr at the beginning when you ter- tried to turn me on to him. Why? But I, I, I didn't get him. Um, he he is your humor, though, man. That is Oh, dude. To me, to, I, let as, me tell as, you. As I said in the beginning, I love Bill Burr now. Thank you,
0: because you hadn't seen his stuff. When we were uh, doing Morning Show together for all those years, you didn't see uh, his stuff that much. And I'm like, Kev, this guy is talking to you.
1: Yeah, he is.
0: I mean, that, that should be your comedian, Bill Burr.
1: I love him. And, You're right.
0: And, and, and let me tell you this, <clears throat> um, Bill Burr many years ago came into the studio and, you know, w- when I was introduced to him, he said, you know, Tuttle, he's like, Tuttle, I have some Tuttles in my, in my family tree. Are we related? And I was like, well, I'd never heard of any Burrs. Well, my sister had done some ancestry checks and there are Burrs in the, uh, Tuttle family tree. So I'm probably maybe like fourth or fifth cousins with him, which really? I think, which I think, yeah, which I think should get me. I mean, Kev, yeah. he, we've had him in studio. We also had a phone interview with him. I mean, I, I think that that and me being like fifth or sixth, he should make me a, a, an opener at some time if I ever get some decent material.
1: Oh, it goes without saying.
0: When that re- when he required like family-wise he'd be required to do that.
1: Yeah, you should be his Clint Howard.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ron Howard's for, brother.
0: For, yeah, for those unaware, every Ron Howard movie. And Kev, I just watched Apollo 13. Did you? <laughs> yeah, there's there's this goofy-looking dude, strange-looking guy that looks nothing like Opie Cunningham Ron Howard. <laughs> I mean, you it's, to me, the, they are brothers in the same way that uh, Schwarzenegger and Devito were twins. <laughs> <So> true. <laughs> but he's in everything. He loves his brother. Yeah, he loves his brother. And Absolutely. You could tell that there's 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 pressure uh, from mom and dad uh, to Ron Howard going. Keep he can't keep any job, Ronnie. I mean, we, he was a cashier for a while, but he scared the hell out of the customers. I mean, look at him. <laughs> Look at him. I mean, can you can you have him play a beast or a, you know something like that in all of your films? It's like <laughs> just give him something. But but he actually has some good roles in some of the Ron Howard movies. Like yeah. this one, this one in Apollo 13. He was he was kind of a key role in terms of you know g- ground control in Houston.
1: <laughs> Beat Owen Schwarzenegger. That was really funny, man. That's really funny. Thank you. Thank so, you. I'm gonna, have to, uh, I'm gonna have to write that down. This leads into, I think. Your no. your comedy routine. Well, I, I'm not
0: done yet, Kev, because I we can't I, to me, I can't leave it at Murphy Pryor, um, you know, Carlin Burr. I can't leave it at that. Okay. I, I have to have honorable mentions, and you know, Norm McDonald is one of mine. You gotta mention Chappelle. Okay. I, I don't know how you feel about Chappelle, he's brilliant. You know, some some, some sometimes, like some of his raw stuff when he's just testing out material on an audience uh-huh. that that, that it, it that's not quite ready yet you know but when his when he has his tight specials that is
1: really good comedy i'll have to spend more time with him because i honestly i haven't okay spent well, a lot of time I, with chappelle
0: and i know you feel this way and you're this is one where you'll probably kick yourself mm-hmm. um dennis miller
1: oh, man totally. I-
0: How do you not have Dennis Miller? Kevin Klein and I, one of the first bonding uh, things we had in common was our love for Dennis Miller's special Black and White.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's it's still one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Still one of my all-time favorites.
0: Black and White is so good. And I'm a little surprised you, not necessarily me, although I liked his stuff and we were good friends with him. Chris Titus is not on your list somewhere.
1: Yeah, Titus is uh, Norman Rockwell is bleeding is one of my other all time favorites. Um, not for the faint of heart, but uh, definitely uh, definitely worth consuming if you like comedy.
0: Oh yeah, anything we're, men- anything we're uh, mentioning here, uh, you know, some of that stuff goes a little bit dark. Yeah. Okay. Just just a heads up if you're gonna start delving into it, Titus goes a little bit dark. But you know, we became friends with Titus over the years.
1: Dude, remember hanging out with him at that private Elton John concert?
0: That was so awesome.
1: I still talk about that to this day. How did we get invited to that? 150 we, people only.
0: This was uh yeah, probably about 20 years ago. Um we got invited to Las Vegas. We're flown out to Las Vegas. Uh we're out there doing some kind of press junket and, you know that remember over those 2 days we were talking to everybody, you know, Hulk Hogan and and you know the guys from uh, World Poker Tour, you know, Vince McMahon and Yeah, you know, it was
1: it was a uh it was a release a video release uh called Elton John 40 and it was his 40 biggest songs live in concert and that's what the big deal was and it was being put on by Best Buy yes
0: yeah. so and we were out in Vegas that that was a that was a phenomenal time I'm literally 20 feet away from from Elton John as he's doing like our song and Philadelphia Freedom and I'm just like this is so surreal and he's like looking at me too man he's like for a couple of times he was looking at me and I'm like, Elton John's looking at me and singing like Philadelphia freedom.
1: You know, this is yeah. so cool. Well then, and, and then he did a four song private performance for 150 invited guests in a white tent behind Caesar's palace. And he did leave on live and Tim, you and I were five feet away from Elton John on a red piano playing leave on.
0: Yeah. I mean, oh, that, that was, that was that's a life highlight, man. That was amazing, and th- and then that that was another one. Was something something about Vegas, Kev, When we're in Vegas together, <laughs> we got do- we got done with that, and I went out and played some blackjack. And I'm literally playing next to uh, Chad Kroger. Uh, oh, from Nickelback. From Nickelback, I-, I played two and a half hours with him, and I'm, I, I flat out told him, "Hey, your stuff is lame and hackney and garbage, <laughs> but I kind of like you as a uh, partner in blackjack. I like taking your money." Yeah, and you know what he said? <laughs> what you know? You know what he said? He goes. Uh, you you notice, I know you might not like my stuff, but, you know, I'm betting $100 a hand and you're
1: betting $10 a hand. <laughs> there you go. I was like, well said, sir. There's the difference. <laughs> well said, sir. You, so, you do know, what you in, have to do. In making this Mount Rushmore, I think you can almost do two different Mount Rushmore's because we have not talked about, except for Bill Burr, any real contemporary, real new comedians. And there are quite a few out there. I love Bargatze. Nate Bargatze. He's slays yeah, me. The, okay. the Tennessee
0: guy. He's a Tennessee guy.
1: Yeah. And then Jeselnik. He's my new favorite.
0: Oh, Anthony Jeselnik is brilliant. I love his stuff. Kev, uh, God rest his soul. He's a contemporary, even though he's been gone for a while. Uh, uh, Giraldo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah. roast Greg, stuff. Greg, Greg Yeah, I love uh, Giraldo. I thought he was hilarious. Kev, I, I know you may have an issue with him because he was kind of a jerk to us before we talk to him on the air, Ron white though, tater salad. I love him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's very funny. And he's Texas born and bred.
0: Yeah. but Do you remember, do you remember what, when we are right before we were going to put him on the air, he had a couple of women around him. Yeah. Ron white and and pardon the language here. Uh, keep in mind we're on a podcast, but those of you who have listened to us on, you know, country and, and, uh, and top 40 or whatever, you know, some, sometimes we're going to delve here. Um, Ron White is on the phone. He's about to go on live with us. And he goes, I got to talk to these radio guys, these fucking assholes. I hate these fucking radio guys. Remember that?
1: I Oh, I totally remember that.
0: And we were like, three, two, one. Hey, it's Ron White, everybody.
1: <laughs> oh, you remember, uh, you remember Mitch Hedberg in the hissy fit that he threw? Uh, because he, he couldn't get his cocaine before he came on our show.
0: That was it. Yeah, he died shortly thereafter. I, I yep. have Mitch on my list on my honorable mention list because his stuff was really, really, really good. Yeah. Really good. Uh, um, I also have um, <clears throat> Richard Jenny, platypus oh, man. We met him. We met him. Kev. I'm surprised we, we've like bonded with some of these people that I thought you would have
1: somewhere. Yeah. I mean, but but then, there's so yeah, many good comedians. It's what I know what the problem is.
0: I, I, and I, I know it's, I know he, you know, a lot of people think he's cheesy, but I love Gaffigan. Okay. He is a master of comedy in terms of, uh, uh, of of, like like uh, LPMs. They call it LPMs in laugh the Per word. minute, laughs per minute. Um, Gaffigan gets a laugh like every nine seconds. Every nine seconds, he's got hit so tight and so right. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and I, whenever I do research on comedians, I always like to, you know, find out what makes them funny and what other people think about them. And the thing about Gaffigan is when he does that, um, uh, he'll do a joke and then he'll talk in like a fake female voice. Mm -hmm. Experts have said that he does that so that he can get away with some of the more body or darker type of humor uh, because he's actually calling him, he's calling himself out. So it's a really, really brilliant technique.
0: Oh, so like if I would, when I right there, when I did the uh, Ron White, you know, what he said to us before going on the air, if I would have done the Jim Gaffkin, is Tim Tuttle swearing? I can't yeah. believe he's oh, swearing. I don't I like
1: him not, swearing.
0: I don't like him swearing. I like him just doing the straight top 40 or country stuff that I'm used to him doing this. Oh my God. You know. That makes that, it totally
1: acceptable then.
0: That makes it acceptable.
1: That's what they say anyway.
0: Him, which is brilliant of him. And, and Kev, I got to admit, uh, and I'll be first to admit it, for many years uh, on the air, I would go into that that voice of oh, damn, totter. Hi, ah. that is derived from Gaffigan. I yeah. I jacked that from from Gaffigan.
1: Yeah, but it's not totally Gaffigan. It's you know you're you're using your own style, your own voice. So no, I got to give credit where <laughs> credit's due. It's a complete piracy. <laughs> okay, where it's you abs- at? On, where you at on Sebastian Maniscalco? I love him. Me too. I
0: love him. He's he's brilliant. He's he has some. Uh, great stuff um i also like uh mulvaney
1: oh i uh, love i love john mulvaney
0: john mulvaney is really really good um he does great work I, and i enjoy it um kev you're right though man i i if i if i could do it i i see i can't do it because even though i think that way and i know you think that way i wish i could go as dark as Jesselnick. why well, can't you <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Because, you know, for I, I guess I, I, for many people and you you, you got to look at it now. I mean, you know, for uh, the radio career that we've had, um, you know, 25 years, 26 years, 27 years, you're up to 30. Um, we have built an audience um, and, and I would just I feel like I would be letting them down. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like. Gosh, I, you know, I, I, I laughed, I, la- I love, I loved him. It's second date update, but oh, he's, what is he saying now? Oh my God. What's he, you know what
1: I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, okay. So there is a comedian named Pete Holmes. Uh, he's brilliant. You should, if you haven't seen Pete Holmes, you got to definitely check him out. Um, and he has a thing, uh, and he, he, when he, when he, in his special, he comes on stage and he says, what happens in these four walls? It's free form. It's okay to have any kind of conversation you want in the, in these four walls, outside of these four walls, there's different context. Okay. And he uses a guy in the front row as an example, where he talks about sodomy with the guy in the front row, everybody laughs. He's like, now, if I have that conversation outside of these four walls, that's inappropriate. So inside the four walls, Timmy, I think you could get away with whatever you wanted to.
0: Oh, yeah, I see, and I know that when i when I actually do my um uh, do my open mics, you know, i it's it's a little more edgy stuff. I'm you know, I'm not filthy. I'm not f I, as a matter of fact, I've never used the f mom yet. Mm-hmm. but you know if the, the time comes and it would help punch a joke, I'll do it. yeah, yeah you well, know?
1: the most classic example of uh, appropriate use of the f word is uh, the uh, miracle on ice coach, Herb Brooks. Yes. The only time he ever said the F word to his team was when they were going for the gold medal game against Sweden. Here was his, uh, here was, no, it was his Finland. It was Finland, Finland, Finland. You're right. They had already beaten the USSR, uh, Russia, and now they were going for the gold medal. And he comes into the locker room before the game. And here was his pregame speech. If you don't win this game, you take it to your grave, your fucking grave and walked out. That's it. That was it.
0: And, and hold on, Kev. Just so you know, clarification, because I just watched Miracle on Ice and did a deep dive on Wikipedia. I Um, love that movie. Yeah, I just watched that and did a deep dive in regards to, you know, the gold medal, U.S. winning the gold medal in 1980 and beating the uh, Soviet Union, which was the power team of all time. Um, He actually said that they were losing two to one after two periods. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's what he said. That exact speech, which I will give you credit, you got the exact speech. Uh, right before the third period.
1: Okay. All right. So, yeah, good. So, Arruzioni told us that story.
0: Yeah. yeah. Remember we were talking to Arruzioni?
1: Yeah. 20th I mean, anniversary.
0: How cool was oh, that? I'm, I'm telling you what, man. We, we've we been in the right place at the right time often, and that's really, really cool. Totally. Uh, a- anybody else in terms of your Mount Crushmore honorable mention? Um, Check out a guy named Mark Norman. I love Mark Norman.
1: Okay. You know who he is? Good. I know. Uh,
0: Kev, I've tweeted with him before. He's awesome. He he was on Rogan a few years ago, and he said on Rogan that um, he doesn't know if he's any good. He thinks he may be a hack and this, that, and the other. And I tweeted him. I said, dude, you are tight. You are concise. You have well-written stuff, and you know how to deliver it. You're going to be a big star. I told him this probably about three years ago
1: uh, on
0: Twitter, and he liked my tweet and said, thanks, man. Cool.
1: Yeah. Love him.
0: So- there you go. That's probably another one that I'm going to go to once I have my, my tight five and my act ready where I'm going to go, Hey, when I remember when I was really nice to you and <laughs> I gave you a confident tweet, maybe you could have me, uh, um, uh, you know, open for you sometime.
1: Well, you know, here's two people that we had in studio and they both gave you their personal cell phone numbers. I don't want to know if you've ever used them. Caliendo, Frank Caliendo gave yes. you his cell phone number and yes. Bert Kreischer. Yes. The machine.
0: The machine and uh, Caliendo said, "Hey Tim, anytime uh, you feel you're ready, I want to hear your stuff. And if it's right, I'll figure out a way."
1: And, oh, I want to hear your stuff.
0: Also, also the the improv. Um, you know, Raymond has always said, "Hey, when you when you're ready, when you got your tight five, let me know, and we'll work you up." So, are hey, you gonna I, do the improv? I, well, that that's the goal. That's the short term goal is to to have a tight five. You know, five minutes that I'm like, okay, I know that this will kill. I know it's solid. Uh and then uh, you know I'll do it at open mics several times to make sure it's right and really have it down. And then I'll reach out to to Raymond at uh the improv and just be like, hey buddy, I'm ready.
1: Dude, you know, I probably have to fly in for that.
0: You can fly in for that one, right? I would. Okay, but you See cannot right you cannot come around my porch.
1: No, no, of course not. You'll have your shotgun ready.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. You 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 fly in and then you fly <laughs> back out, sir. Get away. <laughs> um. Okay. So this is where. Um. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do this like every episode, Kev, if I can. Okay. Because for those unaware, I I spent 25 years on the radio. Kevin and Klein and I did probably what 6,300 morning radio shows together. Yeah, that's and, a lot. And the, the the thing, my whole thing, and I learned this early and I give John Lennick credit for this. He was our boss back in Nashville. He said, Tim, <clears throat> he said, your goal should always be make Kevin laugh. If I make, if I, Tim Tuttle can make Kevin laugh, then that should represent enough people in the audience where we can get a paycheck every other week uh, that'll pay the bills. So that, that's why I run. I'm, I'm running this uh, my my comedy act past Kevin uh, because you know if I make him laugh or if he thinks it's decent, I, I have confidence in the material and I'll go on on stage with it. And let me tell you, it, it's different. I know a lot of you are like, "Oh, Tim, Tuttle, I have seen you brought up bring up bands with you know at, at uh, Reliance Stadium with 45,000 people. I was there. Kenny Chesney, you did that. You were very good on this." It, it's different being hype guy than it is, you know, doing comedy and looking for laughs. It's completely different.
1: Way different. Scarier. And
0: it, it is. I I, and I couldn't believe it. And I loved it. It was so scary, Kev, when I did this, um, you know, back in 2019. It was and I loved that 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 scare. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I loved how, how 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 frightened I was, you know, and uh, I was with my girlfriend at the time, uh, Laura, and she was looking at me going is this the Tim Tuttle and the radio? <laughs> yeah, she, she was surprised. I was like, man, this is different. And it is, and I love it. Uh, okay, Kev, yeah. um, when I did my open mics, the thing that killed every time was dad stories. Mm-hmm. And the one I th- will finish with and did finish with, because I ha- had a funny feeling it was my best stuff, um, was the uh, Jonas Target story. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> I, 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 I-, I do. <laughs> I told this story on the air a couple times. This is from 2007. And I don't know if you remember Brazos town center yeah. in Rosenberg. Kev, you remember that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It was, uh, it was not as big then as it is now. All it was seriously, all this was, was the JC penny,
0: uh, on the South side and on the North side of 59, it was target. That was it.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, uh, Jonas is three years old and, <clears throat> you know, and I, and I have this in my act. I was like, Hey, my son's a, a fan of Thomas the Tang, and his favorite character was Percy. He runs into Target straight to the toy section screaming, I want Percy. I want Percy. Of course, as a three years old, three-year-old, he struggled with his Rs. <laughs> yeah, at first I was nervous that somebody was going to call child protective services, but some old man diverted attention by saying, Yes, son, don't we all? <laughs> And afterwards, I'm I'm so freaked out by this. Afterwards, I'm I'm in the parking lot with with Jonas, and I'm putting him in his car seat, and I'm saying, son, it's Percy. (laughs) It's Percy. Jonas looks at me and says, dad, chill. I know it's Percy. Now take me to Walmart, and this time don't be such a cock block.
1: (laughs) That's great.
2: Yeah, that I, killed.
1: I, I hadn't that, heard the last part of it. That's great. Yeah, yeah, I added that tag. I added that tag to it. Yeah.
0: Because because they were laughing so hard when I was up at the open mic, and that just popped in my head, and I was like, and that got even a bigger <laughs> laugh than, yes, son, don't we all?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I
0: was stoked about that. It's a good was, end. Yeah. I So, yeah, I, I put that into the act, and then I did it another time, and, and you know, that that was the biggest laugh. That, I'll finish with that unless something comes up. And I, I, I've got one. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kev.
1: Uh, do you know why that's such a great joke?
0: Why is that such a great joke?
1: Because, number one, it's relatable to anybody who has had a kid. Okay. So parents, you know. But what makes it a great joke is the surprise at the end that the three-year-old actually has his game on.
0: Yeah, Nobody, nobody he,
1: would he, expect that. That's that's yeah. what makes the joke hilarious.
0: Now obviously that's not true. I mean, Jonas didn't say that. He's, of course. Know, he's legit struggle with ours. I, I just want to click because you know, Jonas will listen to this later and he's like, Dad, my friends at Texas State. I would did not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just in case.
1: Yeah. He no, never that, said that. That's that's the breakdown of the joke. That's what makes it so hilarious. So yeah. Good job, it, man. Great job. Right. Great joke. Is
0: that is that a good joke? That's, that's solid. Yeah. And Kev, that one right there, there were there were two guys when I delivered that, they were the hosts of the open mic and they said that i can sell that 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 chunk um to like big time comedians as a joke writer yeah yeah as a joke writer they said i could sell that and they would probably pay me some decent amount of money but then again it's theirs from that point on and i could never use it again right you know so i i was like hey no thanks
1: yeah exactly yeah just
0: in case just in case i want to use it in the future
1: well you would want to use it in the future you know yeah Yeah, I mean maybe 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 when you're 90 and you're done with touring and you know then you can sell it because it's a timeless joke,
0: right? Well, if if I let me tell you this, if I never make it and that's possible, I'll never make it, never never do anything, and you know that's that that, that's a 95 percent probability because it's so hard. Then I'd probably sell it. Okay. All right. So now so now that on that one, Kev, uh, I've uh, done some writing in regards to another incident. This one was with Timmy, when (laughs) Timmy was three years old. There's something about. When kids are three years old.
1: Three-year-old yeah. Tuttle.
0: Yeah, three. this was three-year-old Timmy. Hold on a second.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Let me sip some water here real quick. <clears throat> now, this is a true story uh, about when Timmy was three years old. We went to um, her volleyball game. She played for Texas Tech. They were playing UT, um, the Longhorns, at the famed uh, Gregory Gym in Austin.
1: Now her being your oldest daughter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And. For those unaware, uh, University of Texas volleyball is massive. Mm-hmm. They just won a national championship yet again, you know, wow. second second year in a row, um, a couple months ago. And when you go to one of these, as a matter of fact, they're one of the few self-contained programs where they don't need any money from football or basketball or anything like that. They are profitable on their own. They're a massive wow. program, Kev.
1: Yeah. I knew they were a big time program when they beat Nebraska.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Audrey's teammate from the uh, from Houston Skyline, uh, uh, Maddie Skinner, you know, Audrey roomed with her um, uh, uh, on the road. She, you know, she'd stay in our our room with us sometimes when she played in Orlando and everything like that. She has won now three national championships in a row because she was on the University of Kentucky team. Dang. Um, So she's she's played three years. She's got three rings. Wow. How cool is that? Maddie Skinner.
1: That's strong.
0: She, of course, is the daughter of Brian Skinner, the guy who played at Baylor and for the L.A. Clippers. I think he was the first pick in the draft back in the
1: 90s. Yeah, yeah. Nice pedigree.
0: Yeah, you see what's going on there. I mean, yeah, yeah, Maddie has Brian Skinner as a dad. Poor Audrey had. Laughy boy, Tim Tuttle, the radio guy.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) she did a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Two-time All-American in high school. Anyway. This is a true story. We were at that uh, match, Kev, and when the first set is done, people who need to go to the bathroom go to the bathroom. The men's bathroom was absolutely packed. Okay. Uh huh. So you know, I took my son to a very crowded men's bathroom, and since he's a three-year-old with no filter, he finishes peeing, walks over to my stall, looks in, and says, "Daddy's got a big pee pee." <laughs> Now, mind you, it's not really that big, but to a three-year-old, it's probably a boa constrictor. (laughs) Uh, Oh, full disclosure, I got to do this right now. Uh, I I am a grower, not a shower, okay? I can actually remember a woman I was dating saw me in the natural state just before our first intimacy session, and she got that look of disappointment on her face. Now, not wanting to waste $288 I'd spent on two dinners and some flowers, I immediately walked over and said I want to show you a magic trick play with my left nipple just a little bit ta-da now it's not exactly Rocco Sefridi but if the video of our next if our our next 30 to 40 minutes together ever got out and it went viral it's not going to hurt me at all
1: Rocco Sefridi yeah as an arcane reference
0: as a matter of fact, right now for the low price of $19.99, you can buy that video. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. yeah, the uh I like that. I like the that. Le- the left nipple trick uh was suff- discovered by my ex years ago. I think she was looking for a way to finish a session and get the large sweaty mammal off of her. <laughs> After an exhaustive search, she came upon the left nipple, which turned out to be her own personal, slightly discolored trigger stone that, when pressed, opened the wall and allowed her to run to freedom. (laughs) Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. Me with my penis out next to my son in the men's bathroom. (laughs) So he says, Daddy's got a big pee-pee. The huge crowd in the bathroom burst out in laughter. So, of course, being an attention junkie like his dad, he says it again. He's got a big pee pee, even bigger laughter. Now, at this point, it's time for attention junkie senior me to get into the act and say, "Yeah, son. And that's the number one reason why I can't believe your mom left me. (laughs) Also, uh, this this event has completely changed my position on a very controversial topic. I am now completely for unisex bathrooms. (laughs) anytime i'm a little i'm with my little hype man we always go trolling for unis trolling for
1: unis (laughs) i like that is that a good chunk i like that trolling for unis that's a good way to end it yeah trolling for unis
0: is that a decent chunk
1: i like it i like that my
0: my only worry is you know when i do the open mics it's usually you know 21 to 35, they might, might not know who Rocco Safridi is.
1: True. Uh, you might want to, might want to do some research and maybe update that, but for the ones like you, you know, like you and I always say, you know, for the one that gets it, it's, it, it pays off, but well,
0: that, that, that's, and that's all I need. Kev, Cause you laughed like hard Yeah, and that's, that wasn't even to me a laugh position and you busted out. Which that's always a bonus because I'll, I'll do a pause and let that laugh go out, and then that can be contagious with other people around the room.
1: Well, I bust it out because Rocco Sofridi is so arcane, um, and that's what we loved about Black and White from Dennis Miller that we talked about earlier. Uh, all of his arcane references, and like you know, like we said, for the one that gets it or the few that get it, they're, they're going to appreciate it. But yeah, you might want to, you know, for for a younger audience, you might want to punch that up with somebody but, more current. Th-
0: find their coxman
1: yes find their coxswain <laughs>
0: hey uh okay and 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 even with the uh the Percy one before and this one kev i got it timed out there should be every 15 20 seconds maximum there's there's sh- there's a lot there should be okay yeah. so I, I i got it timed out pretty good but what did you think
1: i thought it was great i i love uh, i love the the especially the two ends because i didn't see either of those coming yeah. And that that's what makes the jokes really hit is when you don't see them coming
0: uh, yeah that's it uh, yeah okay good see and, and 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 I'd like to put that before um you know the uh Percy Thomas the tank engine uh-huh because I there's something I want to uh, I want to insert in there that a uh, tag in there because now they know that let me see I'm trying to remember what it was I want to put in nervous somebody comes on I'm trying to I'm trying to remember exactly what it was but anyway it, it allows me to have another tag and get another laugh out of the Percy thing okay because I it's a recall
1: moment well oh, recalls are always strong
0: recalls are strong yeah've no, I've noticed that too if you if you bring up something from earlier in your set um as a recall moment that that is a hit with audience that gets you an, usually an easy laugh even if it's not like your your Dynamite a material
1: no quite a few comedians will end their set with a recall moment exactly yeah they're strong they're really they're really powerful
0: okay all right so you like my chunks right there
1: i do yeah i do okay like the the surprises
0: okay good because i'm gonna do this at like every time I'm, i'm trying to build just the best five minutes and what you heard there uh right there was probably about a minute and a half maybe a minute 45
1: yeah i knew it clocked under two
0: yeah, about minute forty-five of the five minutes that I'm looking for. So we're gonna build it piece by piece right here, Kevin Klein on the Tuttle and Klein podcast. Okay, and then I'm gonna deliver it. I'm gonna record it, and I'm gonna let you know what the audience uh, thought of it.
1: But I'm gonna go back. You know, w- once this posts, uh, I'm gonna go back in the the two jokes that you did off the cuff earlier in this, the the in this podcast. Uh, that just floored me. The Devito and uh in Schwarzenegger, and then the one very very early in this, and I can't remember it. That's why I need to go back and listen to it. That got me really good, man.
0: Well, I, I got to be completely honest, Kev. Uh, one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is material okay. for my standup. Uh, but, you know, Bill Burr. <clears throat> I listened to his uh, his podcast yeah. for for years. You can hear him just riff something. And then a couple of years later, it'll be on a special. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I remember when he just like riffed that out of nowhere on his podcast. And now it's getting a massive laugh. 20,000 people in the audience because he's a theater guy now. He plays the big venues.
1: Sure, he does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I was and so, that, you know, that's that's one of the motivations for for me doing this podcast is See, is, is to do that.
1: And that just deflated me because I thought you wanted to do the podcast because you missed me so much.
0: I, that that's total oh, yeah. that, That's B. That, that's 98 of it, okay? The, the the whole stand-up comedy thing is 2%. <laughs> yeah, right. A- actually to be completely honest, uh 45% of it is I miss what we did. Yeah. Uh 40 uh 40% of it is uh you know, so I can get material for stand-up and 15% of it is I love the ego boost. <laughs> Use that, man. <laughs> I, I do. I, I mean, over the last week, people commenting and DMing me and stuff. Hey, man, what what can I say?
1: Dude, it you is know? so flattering. It's so I, flattering. It's so humbling. And- yeah, my,
0: my, my mom said I love you to me once, okay? Yeah. That was when I graduated high school and I was getting the hell out of when I was 17. <laughs> she said I hate you like three
1: or four times. So. Uh-huh. Anytime I can get love like that, you know, the hate was motivation, it. though, man, the hate it, it oh, drove totally, us. It totally. drove us.
0: Of course, it screwed me up. And, you know, I can't keep a relationship now. Yeah. My superpower. <laughs>
1: I, I, I get
0: all these beautiful women, but I can't keep them. <laughs> but that's another story for another podcast.
1: But look on the bright side, because you get so many beautiful women and you can't keep them. That allows you to get more beautiful women. It's It's numbers. There, there's your there's your uh, I don't know positive one, affirmation. There's
0: one maybe two of them that I wish it would have worked, you know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, no, no, we're going to go. We're not going to go. Yeah. No therapy
1: session. This is comedy no, we're only. Not,
0: we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Okay, but yeah, you're right. I, I'll listen back and I'll I'll definitely scour it and put it in my notes. I mean, I, I've got several chunks that I want you to go over, and we'll we'll do another one next week, including I've I've written a self-deprecating chunk already really? you know, one one that where where uh you know I, I if the audience you know won't like me because oh what what pain can you be in you know uh uh-huh. this right out of the box will help so we'll do that one next week or yeah next week
1: everybody has some sort of pain everybody has it
0: oh I, my god and, and trust me i'll cover my pain <laughs> in, in a more honest way than i've ever covered it um, in, in my next chunk and you're going to love it. You know, it's written in a comedic way. So can't yeah, wait. I, I I love it. I'm glad that you, uh, you're into this. I, I was worried that you'd be like, oh, great. Now I can get to listen to Tuttle do
1: comedy. Great. Well, but you've always made me laugh. So, I okay. uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I talked about it last episode that we did and how you're, you're the only person I've ever met whose mind is constantly 110 miles per hour. And I never thought you could get into med- meditation because of that. Um, yeah. I'm also, I'm trying to think of somebody else. I know you, that you would say Ron Bennington on this one, the guy that you used to work with, but I don't know if I've met anybody quicker, quicker with, with the, a line.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. That, I mean, that's, that's something that I, I have been blessed with Yeah. and I don't, I don't know if it, whether that's the copious amounts of uh, caffeine um what that may have to do with it but yeah man, i i i've always been able to uh and it, that that's that's a childhood thing too you know because um you know we we ripped on each other when we were kids mm-hmm. and you, you gotta be ready yeah and, and the friends that i had you know the basketball teammates and the baseball teammates football teammates, it was rip fest and if you weren't ready you were dead
1: yeah no, and if you couldn't take it you were dead too
0: no you always got to be able to take it and oh yeah I, I can take anything. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, at least right there, I'll go cry later.
1: But, <laughs> Norm was very quick too. The <laughs> Norm Macdonald was one of the reasons why I liked him so much. Yeah, go watch he, go watch him on Conan. Any of I the would, uh, Conans that he did.
0: I was always uh, in uh, awe. <clears throat> yeah, mo- if you look at it, most comedians, Kev, they're good after they write something. They have to write something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, guys like Norm uh, McDonald, and thank you for, you know, putting me on that too. I've always took pride in being able to think of something quickly. But uh, Ron Bennington from the Ron and Ron show, uh, and Ron and Fez, uh, both in Florida and on Sirius and XM, I could not believe when I worked with him in Daytona Beach back in the late 90s, I could not believe how quick he was.
1: Yeah. And two Uh, other. Two other people that come to mind is quickness. And if you ever saw their stand-up, you wouldn't be able to see Bob Saget anymore because he passed away the same year as Gilbert Gottfried and Norm MacDonald. Uh he did not have a script prepared during no. his stand-up. And Harlan Williams, we've we've had Harlan in a couple of times. Love it. Oh my God, dude. His whole act is comes out and he just starts talking to the audience and it's just one quick line after another.
0: One of the funniest things, you remember this one? He goes. I need to get in shape. I'm shooting a movie, so I'm doing eight-minute abs right now. (laughs) And it's still a little bit too long, so here's what I'm working on. Four-minute abs. (laughs) And I just remember, you know, he pulled that out of his butt, you know, when he was talking to us, and then it ended up being in his act, like, a year or two later.
1: It ended up being in There's Something something About Mary. Was that in there? That was in there. He's a hitchhiker that Ben Stiller picks up
0: that's right
1: eight Holy minute cow. abs okay before you guys
0: before you guys ever heard harlan williams and there's something about mary do the eight minute abs he did it in studio or on the phone with us in uh in nashville that's funny
1: yeah in the movie it was seven minute abs and ben stiller yeah. says well what about six minute abs yeah no seven seven no. Seven, seven's the key number. Seven little chipmunks sitting in a tree eating <laughs> Uncle's peanut butter for you and me. Just something like uh, that, you know. I love Step it. Into my office, because you fucking fired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Classic.
1: Yeah, yeah big hey, time. Hey, I, I, Cappy,
0: I I need to commend you on something. Okay. Some, something I noticed uh, since uh, since we you know split and went our separate ways a few years ago is. You're actually really starting to do some handyman stuff. Hmm. <laughs> and, I am, and I can't believe it. I mean, you—you were—you were used to be like in awe when I would tell you, okay, I just completely changed the garage door opener. I opened it up, did all the gears, you know, did all of that stuff, and you know, the time that I uh, uh, completely re- 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 rewired and the electric uh, setup at uh, my ex's place, and I gave her a switch. Instead of the turny little knob thing, yeah. Here's Mister Handy guy. The turny, turny little knob. Lo- <laughs> yeah, he's an expert. <laughs> I was going to sound really good. Well, door, don't, worry, the, don't worry about that, honey. Uh, I'm going to get this turny little knob thing out <laughs> there, and it'll just be
1: an up and down switch. Technical but, jargon. Yeah. Don't mess with it. But
0: and, and Kev, I um, you know, I, I told you um, a long time ago that you can do anything via YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I, all of this stuff is just me looking up YouTube how to do it, and I do it, and I, I because of that, I've completely pulled out of healthcare. <laughs> really? Because I can perform any procedure on myself now.
1: Of course you can.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. So I'm on my fourth
1: surgery. How do I look? Yeah, what, what kind of tools do you use for those surgeries? If you're using the turny little knob thing for real electric.
0: <laughs> I'm I using this, that <laughs> that sharp little cutty thing.
1: That's funny. <laughs> really good. But, it, but you're, you're starting to do it too. I almost died yesterday. Did you really? I am not kidding you, Timmy. I almost died yesterday.
0: Um oh my God, uh, hold on a second. I can't allow you to die for 10 more years.
1: Okay. Yeah. No.
0: We're, we're gonna do this podcast. And if we end up doing a uh, radio show, we're gonna do 10 more years. So Kev, yeah. in, in 2034, die all you want.
1: <laughs> there you, you go. Yeah.
0: Just die all you want, you son of a gun. But right I, now you cannot.
1: I had my steel chainsaw out yesterday and uh I was doing a I was cutting down a tree and uh it it kicked back on me. And if I would not, it had, it was really quick, but I saw that it had the potential. So if I, if I didn't move my head, it would have decapitated me. Whoa. Oh yeah, dude. (laughs) Oh yeah.
0: Okay. When you do this stuff, please tell me that you're setting up a a tripod with your phone on it and you're recording.
1: Just, uh, just do that at least. Oh, I'll start doing that. But yeah, I've got, well, you're seeing video right now of me cutting down a tree with my chainsaw. Um, but yeah, oh. it, dude, it was, it was so horrible. And, 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 but the other thing too, is it happened so quick. I didn't even turn the, uh, I didn't even turn the chainsaw off and I didn't push the safety. Uh, so yeah, if I would have fallen or anything, yeah, that could have been, that could have been disastrous. Yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. See, you don't mess around. You you got to have solid footing when you're dealing with the chainsaw. I think it's somewhere in the instruction manual.
1: It is. It is, but no, but but, but I had solid footing. It was just, it kicked back and I had to react so quickly. I didn't prepare an out. Kev, do
0: you, that reminds me of uh, of a time when I took uh, my kids, uh, Audrey and Jonas, uh, you know, maybe Jonas was 11, Audrey was 13 or whatever. I took them to Athena gun club. Okay. Yeah. And Audrey is firing a nine millimeter. And after she fired it, it slipped out of her hands and the barrel started like pointing toward her and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh my god. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, it that I mean, how close you are to that. And I'm like, Audrey, just hold it, please. Just hold. Don't do, do don't do that again. You know, and then she's fine. She realized what the kick would do because a lot of it is you don't know what the kick of a weapon will do. Of course the kick flipped on her and it started that barrel went backwards and pointed at her with her fingers still in there. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. What I'll a scary. That. Yeah. And that just, that reminds me of, with you with it, you know, just you lose and that's it.
1: Well, if you ever want to know how much your life is worth, um, mine's $268. Okay. Um, and that's how much it would cost to bring a professional in to cut down some of these trees, 268 per and I'm too cheap to do it. So my life is worth 268 bucks.
0: You're not gonna pay the
1: 268. No, I'm gonna do it myself. Maybe <laughs> die in the process, but hey, we saved 268 bucks.
0: That's so funny. Uh,
1: did you have
0: fun? Did you have fun doing it?
1: Tim, I love it. I absolutely Dude. love yard work. And I, I have no you- Hispanic in me.
0: <laughs> I, I I tell you, I Kevin, and I live <laughs> I live in an apartment. So the maintenance is all done for you.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But that's one thing I miss. I miss the projects. I miss yeah. doing the little projects. And you know, sometimes I'll look around and I'll go, you know, what can I do myself? You know, and there's just you know, there's nothing. Nothing. So w- what I do is I go trolling the neighborhoods <laughs> and I'll see like a shutter, somebody's shutter like bent sideways. I'll knock on the door. Hey, can I get that for you? Excuse me, you don't know me, and I know it's going to sound weird. And I'm not a criminal, I'm not casing the joint here, but I would really love to get that sh- shutter straightened for you. It'll take me about
1: five minutes. There you go. <laughs> That's not OCD or anything, is it? Mm-mm. No. Oh. Oh, my God, I can't. Dev,
0: are you getting worse? Because I'm getting worse.
1: Oh, I am, too.
0: I am so OCD right now. It's like this past weekend, I had uh, Dal and Timmy with me. Mm-hmm. And literally, I follow them with uh, a washcloth everywhere they go. I'm serious. I, I like they'll get done with like they'll they'll eat like three potato chips, and I'll I'll be I'll be you know scooping the crumbs, getting and I'll be getting the uh, the broom out. It's terrible. It's bad. I'm well, too much
1: of too OCD. Well, the thing to look forward to, Tim, is when you're 75, they'll be doing the same thing to you. <laughs> <clears throat> It
0: all comes around,
1: doesn't it? It certainly does.
0: Yeah. Kids, I remember those diapers I changed. Well, now you're going to change daddy's <laughs> diapers. I could I could I could just see Audrey right now watching this uh listening to this or whatever in San Marcos going. Jonas,
1: <laughs> you got poopy duty. That's right. I'll take mom, you take dad. <laughs> <laughs> They're divvying up. They're divvying up
0: right now.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, what else
1: we got, Kevin Klein? Uh, nothing, man. What do you got coming up this week?
0: What do I have coming up this week? Well, I'm going to continue to work on my uh, comedy act. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to run past uh, another chunk for you. I may just jump out, um, um, sometime this week and and do an open mic. I don't know yet. I want to make sure I have the material I may wait till next week to uh, jump on stage. So we'll see.
1: Well, if you uh, go on then... stage, record it so that we can so that we can hear it. And remember, Tim, the only way you get good at that is doing it.
0: I know. I know. I, and I almost want to just like develop my own venue, you know? Okay. I don't know how to do that, though. I don't have a lot of friends.
1: Develop your own venue. How? <laughs> I
0: don't know. I, I would like to just do an act right outside at the pool here and just, you know, invite the neighborhood or something like that. But
1: do it. Do it. That'd be awesome. Should I? Yeah. Remember what they used to do when uh, during COVID, they would do uh, rooftop comedy specials.
0: Kev, I, I you know what I was also thinking of doing, and I was going to make this like a bit that I did on YouTube or something like that, is just go and test my chunks on complete strangers.
1: Oh, my God. That would be so. You talk about scary.
0: Yeah. Oh, just do it, absolute, do it. Like, like, see, the good thing is, is when you go to a club or an open mic or whatever, they're there to listen to comedy. They're there, right. drinking or whatever, just to walk up to somebody who's like walking into a convenience store and go, Hey man, you got a minute. <laughs> I just need a minute 45 of your time. Do it. I may. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Do that's it at bar like, closing time. Oh, that's just stand up right when they're coming out. Oh, when they're hey, coming out. Yeah, hey, got a second. Hey, hey, everybody.
0: Real quick. Real quick. <laughs> My name's Kevin Klein. <laughs> I just want to run some comedy past you. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's a good idea. What do you have coming up this
1: week? Uh, just, you know, uh doing some more yard work. Hopefully I'll survive that. And then uh, dude, I'm uh I'm gonna be talking to uh to Ozzy's former bass player.
0: Oh, how cool is that?
1: Phil like, Susan.
0: Was that Randy Rhodes era?
1: No, it was Jake E. Lee. It was the ultimate sin. This is the oh, guy yeah. that wrote Shot in the Dark. And so I'm really excited about that. But yeah, for the most part, just running and chainsawing. <laughs> I
0: love it. Okay, you keep doing you. Uh, we will have another podcast next week. Merchandise should be out sometime soon. Um, what else do we need to remind them of? Oh, you got to follow and like our stuff. We're Please. all over like Instagram, Instagram, uh, Tuttle and Klein on Instagram. Tuttle and Klein uh, on Facebook, please follow and like us. And I'd also like to throw this out if I could. If you're here and you're like, well, I love, you guys did a second date update. You made me laugh. And we used to talk to our friends about second date update and our coworkers and stuff like that. If you can remember any of those people that you used to talk about that with, shoot them a note or a message, or just let them know that Tuttle and Klein. Now have a podcast. Uh and you know, the more we can get the better. Um you know, I, I would love uh for our audience to continue to grow and have a good time with us.
1: Cool. Absolutely cool. And uh also if you want to drop us a, an email, uh, and at gmail.com or Tuttleincline at yahoo.com,
0: or just comment on any of the social media, whatever you want to do, and let us know what you think of the episode
1: yeah like, let yeah. us
0: I, we don't care if you think it sucks or you you know you hate us now or what I, that's fine too sure i mean we have pills for that mm-hmm. so but yeah. you know we'd love to get feedback on what you think okay
1: yep we enjoy doing this so thank you so much for listening
0: all right thank you kev i'll
1: see you buddy you got it bro see you the tuttle and klein podcast is hosted by tim tuttle and kevin klein executive producer the intern it's actually trash klein join us again next wednesday and thank you for listening